Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann. This week's Behind the Herald Headlines taking a look at a story which is getting lots and lots of traction online. Cry Our Beloved Central, the shocking decay and crime in a historic Kabecha suburb. Inner city decay has set in in a big way. We need to identify the factors. We need to reverse them before it's too late. Or is it too late already? Heritage Trust Chairman in Nelson Mandela Bay, Melvin Iverson, is joining us now. Melvin, your thoughts on the matter? More and more people are getting very, very worked up about this. Is it too late? Um, you know what, in my opinion, I wouldn't say it's too late. The big issue here is that the owners of the buildings are not taking responsibility for their restoration and maintenance. They're not vetting their tenants. And along with that, as one building goes, the next one goes. And it's a ripple effect throughout the suburb. The other big factor here that it's affecting the city is tourism. I actually spoke to some tourism operators and they said the area is so rich in things to see for people from overseas that actually phone to check in with the heritage of the city and the tourism operators no longer want to take people in there so it is a massive issue that the owners of the buildings are not taking full responsibility in their maintenance the vetting of tenants and actually restoring the buildings correctly let's take a look at who owns the buildings many of them are state-owned there are private buildings as well surely those are governed by bylaws when it comes to the private owners and in terms of state-owned buildings again they need to be applying the law that's at their disposal surely definitely that's one thing where there's a couple of buildings that are owned by SEOs that are not being maintained and the fight has been on for years to actually try and get them to follow through because it is a legal matter. You do need to maintain a heritage building and you do need to, there's consequences for not doing it, but it's not being followed through. So it is unfortunately a sad thing. It's something that the Trust has been fighting for many, many years. What muscle do you have as the Heritage Trust? What are you able to do? And who do we get to put pressure on the owners to apply the law? So when I came into the Heritage Trust, my main aim was education because I feel that I myself live in a historical house and I've seen buildings around my house being demolished and changed without permission. So my big aim was education, to bring awareness to what heritage means, to the trust, to what the legal procedures are. And I think that is the big thing here, that we are educating the public putting pressure on everyone that there is a legal process that needs to be followed and once that is followed we can go forward. As for the the state-owned buildings, there's not much we can do. We've reached the end of our tether. The letters have been sent. The great thing is that we get a lot of support from external people at the moment and we actually have lawyers involved as well, but it still ends up on death. Yes, unfortunately. Very unfortunate to hear. We have vagrants who've moved into many of the buildings. They're often a law unto themselves, openly abusing drugs, if anecdotal evidence is to be believed. And I understand that crime levels now are at an all-time high. Yes, it's, it's actually quite frightening. There's some areas in Central where I do work myself and it's a thing of where, and it's not being dramatic, but it is a thing of where you need to check your surroundings when you get out the car. Um, the, the tourists that have visited the city that have actually wanted to venture into the area have been mugged. Um, where the buildings are standing empty, they also uh, treasure drove of copper and things that can be stolen, things that are irreplaceable. You'll see on many heritage buildings in the city the monument status 
um, boards have been taken down because they're made from copper. They're being replaced bit by bit uh, with plastic now, but it is an utter shame. Like the Harbour Board building, for instance, it had copper guttering. The guttering was stolen by the tiles being removed from the roof. Now it's running into the building. I'm not going to say who owns the building. And then, um, yeah, now the ceilings, everything in the inside is damaged, and that building is so significant. It's one of the best preserved Art Nouveau buildings in our country, and it's standing there just going to the dogs. Now, you've mentioned education as being one of the pillars of the work that you do, but outside of that, as the Heritage Trust, what is it that you do on a day-to-day basis to protect our city from this sort of thing happening? Well, literally, the only thing we can do is education. So we we speak to ward councillors. We now have a campaign where we want to educate the state agents as well, especially within the central area, to speak to owners with regards to selling, who they're selling to, the kind of tenants, are they vetted tenants? So education is still going to be our main priority because when people know how to manage a historical building they'll go forward that said we do live in a modern era and we do need to bring heritage forward but there is a sensitive way in doing it and that will be our main aim now we do need to keep educating and getting the city involved the thing is the city needs to get involved the people of the city need to get involved it's the the heritage trust is a voluntary organization so we're a little group of people trying to do our bit throughout the city not just in central when it comes to heritage buildings but the people in central and richmond hill need to take ownership and a lot of them have they've taken ownership and they've assisted they've spoken to their ward councillors and things are happening slowly but surely but i'm afraid the the rate at which the buildings are going is is quite frightening at the moment when do you think if things are left unchecked we reach the point of no return you know what as soon as a building's roof is open and water comes in it's a matter of time before that building is deemed, you know, it, it can't be fixed mm. because water penetrates every single area. So there are some beautiful buildings in Central which people have put up a roof, but they're still left it, and then the vagrants come in. The the big issue is when the vagrants come in, that's when the drugs come in, and, um, you know, there's a lot of rubbish, everything lying around. And then at some point, owners just decide, you know what, let's just demolish it, and that's the best way forward for them because they don't want to deal with the issue. And that's not the answer. We've lost incredible buildings over the past five years which have just been demolished without the relevant permission from the Heritage Trust, which we only find out afterwards. That's why I'm saying education is going to be one of our biggest things going forward in the next year or two is just educate, educate, educate. You're also going to need a a collective effort from civil society as well as the political arm of the city, surely. Otherwise, it's doomed to fail. A hundred percent. We do need the city to stand behind us and actually keep the owners of the buildings accountable. If they do changes, that there are penalties to them. If they don't maintain them, that there's put pressure on them to either sell them or go forward with the maintenance in the correct way. And um, we will need the help of the city to, to actually go forward with that. Melvin, just in closing, a lot of the work that needs to be done involves time and cost. What about issues like litter? You mentioned rubbish lying around, building debris in some cases. That shouldn't take too much time and it shouldn't cost too much. In fact, there should be budget for that already. How can we action even something as simple as that? 
Yes, uh, that is definitely a great thing. I was driving through Central yesterday and I looked at the rubbish and I thought, man, if we just had a couple of people to get in there, get it, you know, cleaned up. The the thing is, there are organizations doing that and we do partner with them and they are great when it comes to that kind of thing. The city does get involved with cleanups. Cleanups, to me, is not a massive issue. Rubble would be a big issue, but... A, a suburb cleanup, if, especially if you speak to a ward councillor, put something together that can be done on a Saturday morning when you're in groups, you just get it done. Um, but for me, I think the whole thing with where it comes to heritage is the pride of the city. The people of the city need to feel proud of where they live. And, you know, when you live in poverty or when things are falling apart, you tend not to have pride in it. So this situation goes much deeper than just looking after buildings. We need to look after the people and the buildings. And in the end, we can uplift the suburb. In closing, I'm aware that the Madiba Bay Development Agency have a role to play when it comes to this. I'm not entirely clear on what that role is. How do they fit into the equation? I'm also not 100% um, with you with the development agency because I am sort of new where it comes to their distrust. I've become chairman this year and I know that the development agency have done incredible restoration work, so I want to commend them on it. I don't know where they are at the moment where it comes to restoration work. Um, yeah, so it would be great to to see them put pressure on some of the buildings that are state-owned. When they're state-owned, I don't think they're going to be replaced once they're beyond repair. So it would be fantastic to see the development agency actually putting pressure on those kind of buildings that are state-owned. Well, it's a complex and sensitive issue. It's a hard job. Melvin, Chairman of the Heritage Trust, have a good day. We appreciate you joining us on Behind the Herald Headlines today. Thank you, Darren. Catching up now with the spokesperson for the Mandela Bay Development Agency, Lavuya Bungazi. We're discussing the problem in central in Kabecha. Historic buildings, businesses and even art have fallen prey to criminals. Several businesses along Governor Berkey Avenue and surrounds have voiced their concerns over the increase in criminals taking over the area as well. Lavuya, thank you so much for joining us on Behind the Herald Headlines. How does the Mandela Bay Development Agency fit into the equation when it comes to this? Thank you, Darren. So the, the MBDA uh, was established in around 2003, 2004, it became operational on the backdrop of a decaying city, uh, the inner city. Um, and, and the plan was to revitalize the inner city of Nelson Mandela, of Port Elizabeth at the time, focusing on central and the short bit between, um, you know, the CBD, the, the city hall, uh, all the way up to um, North End. Um, so what had happened since then is that Businesses starting to leave the inner city. They started migrating towards the likes of Mill Park and Walmart to an extent. And, and as a result, you know, when, when business moves out, other elements move in. So crime and grime moved in. And also there were the properties that were owned by investors who had left the country um, and maybe sold them to other investors who had no interest. Um, one example is the mill, the building next to the, you know, the big post office. So all of this started to contribute to a decaying city, and the NBDA was established to work around that. Uh, many projects were done, including, you know, the the, the rerouting uh, and pedestrianisation of Govan Becky Avenue um, up to Terminus Bus, uh, you know, Bus Transport Hub, and all of that in consultation with business at the time. 
in consultation with all stakeholders involved because we wanted to bring people back into the city whilst, uh, and change the, the character of the city to more uh, people-friendly. Unfortunately, you know, with all things, um, security and cleanliness become very instrumental in maintaining a vibrant inner city. If it's dirty and if it's unsafe, people don't come. So unfortunately, in about 2016, after the elections, about 2018, uh, the mandate to manage the security that we had implemented, that was looking after the CBD and Central and Govindaki Avenue, uh, fell away because at the time a metro police was being set up. So when we stepped away from the security element, uh, and people who've been around the city will remember this, um, you know, there were raids in Central uh, dealing with drugs and dealing with crime. Uh, it brought some normality. Parliament Street was vibrant. Um, there were lights working. And so the security issue is massive. So we are starting those conversations again because we, you know, are working in tandem with the National Mandela Municipality. We cannot allow the situation to deteriorate any further. We won't allow it. So we're starting those conversations with private property owners because they are key. And, and some public buildings, which are very few, by the way, most of the properties in Central are in private hands. The properties that have vagrants and all sorts of, of crime are in, in private hands. There are a number, such as the Harbour Building, that are state-owned, and we're engaging with those, with those owners. Lavoyo, could we look at Richmond Hill and learn lessons from there? A couple of decades ago, I'm old enough to remember that that was the rundown part of Central. That's been revitalised. Are there not lessons that have been applied there, bylaws that have been policed, for example, that we could export to the area that's being affected at the moment? I'm glad you're raising that because the, the Richmond Hill, um, uh, no, the SRA, was worked by the MBDA. That entire process was an MBDA process. So we started establishing... Uh, what is called special rating areas. That means that we introduce policy to the government, to the city, to allow for this to be set up whereby property owners in a specified region could contribute to the upkeep and maintenance. We've taken that recipe and applied it to Central. Fortunately, it took longer than, than necessary, um, but it's up and running now. There is a Central Special Rating Area organization that is responsible for a lot of the the upkeep now, the cleaning up of the streets, but even an SRA with the resources that are limited cannot do it alone. So that recipe of an SRA, which which is helped Richmond Hill, is being applied in Central. As I said, uh, they exist, they're moving, they're working well with property owners. It's a long slog, Darren. It means everyone needs to be involved. Uh, as I said, you know, those are private property mm. owners. There's the public property owners, such as Transnet and others, who have derelict buildings that are looking quite bad and actually tarnishing the image of the city. Is it unfair to point fingers at political leaders and say bylaws, even as basic as those regulating litter and building debris and so on, aren't being applied? So, so the MBDA uh, a few years ago, uh, you know, tabled uh, for the consideration of the city leadership in about 2018, what is termed as a bad buildings bylaw. Uh, and the bad buildings bylaw was, was is really meant to capacitate um, authorities to intervene in, in properties that are left to decay, uh, properties that are left vacant or unattended to, that are contributing to the tarnishing of the image of the city. The bad building bylaws, unfortunately, is not an MBDA process. It is a city process outside our mandate. 
would like, uh, you know, as MBDA to champion that working with the city because, you know, with, with those bad building bylaws, you can actually go as far as attaching certain buildings, giving people, you know, ultimatums in terms of what to do by when, uh, because we cannot allow the city to, to you know, to degrade as the way it is. Um, you know, we've stepped in. Uh, we stepped in by purchasing property to work with, you know, the industry to say this is what is possible. So we're busy redeveloping the old Aberdeen's building uh, down there in the heat of Coven Becky Avenue. And what you will see, uh, you know, in the coming uh, months is a transformation of a property that can actually contribute to the social fiber, to the creative sector, to the economy, to just small business development. Sure. And we believe it's a replicable solution across those buildings. Buildings that are vacant can be utilized for many things, such as social housing, but also as business hubs and an and, and entry level to SMEs who need space to trade. So in closing, you believe the battle is winnable? The battle is definitely winnable. It needs all hands on deck. It needs uh, private property owners, heritage associations, needs national government, uh, entities that own properties, I've mentioned them by name. It needs uh, the city to, to galvanize all stakeholders. The MBDA, as an entity of the municipality, will always work to support city initiatives. We will always be there uh, you know, to champion this because it's the founding principles in our establishment, which was about revitalization. And we did that really well to a point where when we stepped away, things started to fall behind. Spokesperson for the MBDA, Lavuya Mangazi, we appreciate you joining us today on Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann. Have a good day. Thank you. That was today's edition of Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann.